So I think there's first a fallacy that has to be um, that has to be removed, and that is that apparently some people are go around preaching the Judaism teaches that Judaism goes through the mother. They say Judaism goes through the mother, which is nonsense. I don't know where they got it from, and it's a total it's a total simplification of the issue. Um, and obviously the problem is is because if your dad's a Cohen, you're a Cohen. Your dad's an Israelite, you're an Israelite. Your dad's a Levi, you're a Levi. If your mom's a Cohen, your dad's a Levi, you're a Levi. So why would the Judaism go through the mother and everything else go through the dad? You know, it seems very bizarre. So the way it works like this, okay? It's very simple, very simple. But it's a few things that need to be kind of clicked. So first of all, this is or this comes from the Torah. The Torah has a verse that talks about what happens when there is an intermarriage. And doesn't matter how the intermarriage happens. If there's a Jew and a non-Jew that are marrying, the Torah does not recognize that marriage. Okay? That's, that's the point number one that's established. The Torah does not recognize that marriage. Okay? The Torah has its rules for marriage, and one of the rules of marriage is that Gentiles marry Gentiles and Jews marry Jews. That's just the way it is. Okay? Well, what happens if there's something that goes awry and a Jew marries a non-Jew, right? Either the Jew man marries a non-Jewish woman, or the non-Jewish man marries the Jewish woman. Does the Torah recognize that marriage? No, it doesn't. So what happens if that marriage produces a child? Who are the parents of the child? So, uh, well, so the first question is, are they married or not? They're not married. So all we have, all we know for sure is that this woman had a child. We have no idea who the dad is, right? Because if, if there's a marriage, we assume that the father is the dad. Let, let, let's, let's take this, dial this, back, dial this back a little bit. A regular Jewish man and a regular Jewish woman are married. Well, of course, there's nothing as a regular Jewish person. We're all fantastic. But a Jew marries a Jew, okay? She becomes pregnant, Mazel Tov, they have a baby, right? Who's the dad? The husband, right? The husband. Presumption. Right. We presume it's the husband. How do we know? Huh? Never but we're presuming. What is the basis of our presumption? The basis of our presumption is the fact because they're married, there is this chazaka that the Talmud says. There is a, an assumption, a presupposition, that the majority of the intercourses that a woman will have when she's married is going to be with her husband. We don't know for sure, of course. There's exceptions. Right? But then it's chazakra. It's a chazakra. And therefore, because we assume that they're married, well, we know they're married, that's for sure it's established, we know they're married, therefore we assume he's the dad. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, we have no evidence. Like, how would you actually have evidence? Remember, barring, uh, if you dis- dis- discount the idea of genetic testing, right? the only way we would know is if they're locked in a room together for a year and we they produce a baby, right? But otherwise, you wouldn't actually know, apparently, how do you know, right? Yeah. So you have, to, you have to work with your assumption. Now, we have the assumption when they're married and when we don't, when they're not married, we have no earthly idea who the dad is. So now let's, let's look at the case. A Jewish man marries a non-Jewish woman. Does the Torah recognize that marriage? No. The woman becomes pregnant. She has a baby. Who is the father? Could be any human, any man on the planet could be the father. And we don't have this assumption to say that the majority of the intercourse that she'll have is with her husband because she doesn't have a husband. So we have no idea who the, 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 the parental, the, uh, uh, the patrilineal 
parental unit is. We have no idea who that is. Therefore, we just follow the mom. So if a Jewish man, non-Jewish woman, we just follow the mom. Conversely, if it's a non-Jewish man and a Jewish woman, we just follow the mom. And the Torah, what essentially is happening is like this. When there is a case of unknown identity of the, of the father, we disassociate the father. We have no idea who it is, so we just follow the mom. So in a normal case, when two, a husband, well, husband and wife are married, we, we, of course we, Judaism goes through the dad. Of course, everything goes through the dad. You get your last name from your dad, you get your Judaism, and you get if you're calling Le- Levite or Israelite for your dad. But in a case where we have no earthly idea who the dad is, well, what, who do we follow then? We follow the mom. The mom's Jewish, child's Jewish. Mom's not Jewish, child's not Jewish. Simple. And this clear, this clarifies everything. Everything makes sense now. It's not, it's not some sort of weird, bizarre, quirky rule that we're following the mom for Judaism and we're following the dad, dad for everything else. It's just the question is, how do we know who this child is? Why did it change? It never did change. This is a verse in the Torah. This is a verse in the Torah. The verse in the Torah, the Talmud of Amos uh, 23 or whatever, uh, I think 23 or 24, talks about this and it explains the, the, the way it works is not that we look at the mom always, it's just when there is a mixed marriage, we disassociate the dad, and therefore all we have left is the mom. And so picking up on David's point... I, I don't before, know what David's point before well, was. I'll tell you that the, the sages from ages ago, they had children with their maidservants who weren't Jewish. How do you know that? Well, I don't know. I assume... Who? Give me one example of that. Well, I, don't, I don't know any examples of that. Well, Ishmael, remember, that's before the Torah. That's before the Torah. Oh, they married her, the but he married her. He married her. Yeah, but she wasn't. Well, he wasn't Jewish either, right? What about Abraham? I'm saying, they, we know that Abraham wasn't following the entire Torah because it was before the Torah was given. Just like Jacob married two sisters, the Torah has an explicit verse. He's not allowed to marry two sisters. Well, we're, we're, the point is that we're working within the Torah framework. Right now, it's possible, by the way, that uh, that Hagar or Hagar, she she converted, right? So then, that, then there would be a, a Jew, well, I'm saying converted in whatever sense that is, whatever conversion was at that time. So why do we say that Abraham had the Torah before? Well, he did have the Torah. The question is, under what parameters and within what framework was he observing it? He was not observing it as someone who was obligated to observe by it, okay. uh, as evidence, like we say, by the fact that Jacob. Marry two sisters. When the Torah has an explicit verse, and there's no denying that you cannot marry two sisters, so everyone has their ways of tiptoeing around this issue. For example, Ramban Nachmanides he writes that they observe the Torah in Israel. Now we don't have a clause anywhere in the Torah that says that the Torah is only valid in Israel, only binding in Israel. We don't have that, right? But for you know the 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 balance of how the, the forefathers observed the Torah, yet we see they didn't observe the Torah. Well, it was in Israel versus non-Israel. The other answer is given to that question as well. But either way, the, I don't know what you're referring to, that the sages married their, their maidservants. We, like I said, we have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But I don't know of any other instances. Um, and if you would, you know, the sages would not marry someone who wasn't Jewish. That's clear. Um, that's abundantly clear. Uh, but that, that, that's the point. The point is, is that it's not... It's not, it's not this global, universal principle we follow the mom. That's not what it is. It's just in these instances, the Torah tells us, do not look at the dad because we don't know who the dad is. I was reading a commentary. You could be wrong or right, but the reason why Ishmael is, was not Jewish and Isaac was, was because Isaac chose to be an Ishmael did not. It wasn't because, it wasn't because the father or the mother. Well, 
remember, this is... Well, the verse, the Torah says like this. The Almighty tells Abraham, Through Yitzchak, it will be your legacy, or be your continuity, right. your children. Right. Uh, and that means that Yitzchak is going to be the forbearer of the line that's going to eventually become Jewish people. Of course, Yitzchak had Esav. Esav is not the forebear of the Jewish people. So it's Be Yitzchak, which the Talmud explains. It's partially Yitzchak, but not all of Yitzchak. So only half of Yitzchak, i.e. Jacob, became the forebear of the Jewish people. But this is in the form of who's going to eventually be the, the father of the Jewish people. So would Jacob actually be first Jew? No, not, not quite. I'm saying, it, you know, like we said, Jacob married two sisters. Jacob was the first one that didn't have any splinters that would not be the forebears of the Jewish people. He didn't have any one of his kids that said, okay, this kid is not going to be part. Like, this is the Esau or the Ishmael of Jacob. We don't have that. So he's, you know, that's why we're called B'nai Israel, the, the children of Israel. We're called Israel because Jacob's name was Israel. And, and all of Jacob's kids, all of the descendants of Jacob are the Jewish people, comprised of Jewish people, plus, of course, we have the converts, etc., uh, people that joined as well. But all of Jacob's children are the biological uh, children of Israel, the nation of Israel, Jewish people. Okay, when, when somebody is converted, his Hebrew name is so-and-so, B'nai Avraham, right? That's right. Means because, because the, or Sarah, that's right, because they're joining the movement that began with Abraham. Now, Abraham is the founder of the movement um, as well. It means they were inspired, like, like uh, they're, they're the um, philosophical descendants of Abraham. Just like we are, right? You know, and uh, these are people that are set upon themselves to fulfill the mission of Abraham. And the clan. Exactly. That's that, guys. And the, the issue is simplified once you actually look at the sources. <clears throat> Of course, the sources don't have this, you know, this this complicated or fangled rule that says that Judaism follows the mother and everything else follows. That's not how the way it works. We have to find out who is the parent of the child. If they're married, and the Torah views gives legitimacy to their marriage, <coughs> we follow both of them, the father primarily, but of course, <coughs> we know who the parents of the child are. Uh, if we don't know who the parents of the child are, well, we know for sure who the mom is, right? Mom's the one carrying the baby. So we follow the mom. Wherever the mom is, that's what the baby is. So it's only matrilineal descent if both parents are not Jewish, then yet. No, well, it's... No. No. If, if not, if... Did I say that wrong? <coughs> matrilineal descent if only one of the parents is Jewish. That's right. If both parents are non-Jewish, then we also recognize that marriage. You know, that, that, that is recognized. It's not quite the same marriage with the halachic... Um, requirements, but that's still a marriage. The point is, is that when we have a mixed marriage, all we have is the mom, and that's what we follow. Whatever the mom is, that's what the baby is. And the issue is thus very simple and very easy to follow. So in reality, sense. it is matrilineal descent because it only comes. They don't. The issue only comes up. It's parental descent, yeah. right? Exactly. It's parental <laughs> descent, really, which is that's what everyone agrees with that. It's because it's an invalid marriage. Would well, that be yeah. true of any invalid marriage, including two Jews, one being divorced? Or uh, that's a good question. So the question is, how, you, how would you prove it, right? You'd have a hard time proving it. Okay, so, so two witnesses, then. So both, right, so if you have witnesses, then maybe it changes things. Yeah, so but both, the point is... If both 
if both parents are Jewish but they're not wed. But yeah, well, the, the but the, but, but then that's the question is what, what's the difference, right? Of yeah. course, the child's Jewish because yeah. the mom's Jewish anyhow, right? Yeah. So you don't really lose it. You don't. There's nothing really to gain or to lose. But you still don't know who the father is if they're unwed. So. Well, but what would it matter? Because even if the father's a Kohen, so this is an interesting question. Well, the father's a Kohen, but they're not married. So they're still the Jewish for sure because the mom's Jewish, but would the child be a Kohen? They might not be a Kohen anyhow because the mother might be a Zona, which invalidates the child from being a Kohen. Divorce. Either a divorced or a Zona or a Halala or, or one of the women. Zona is, uh, well, well, it's translated as, always, as kind of a free-flowing woman. You know what I mean? Um, loose, loose, yeah. Loose. Uh, uh, but it, but it means really any woman that is kind of not bound by the traditional moral guidelines. So can an illegitimate child be a cohen? Oh my god! Uh, with the illegitimate child, probably not. No, the child has to be kind of the parents, but have to be married anyhow. So you don't really doesn't doesn't really means your question is theoretical. It doesn't really change. No, because if both parents are Jewish, then great. Because Jewish. If the mom is Jewish, regardless of whether or not they're married. Then yeah, okay. So that's that. The issue is just uh, simplified. Okay. What? Okay. Go ahead. What's your question? Say you marry a non-Jew. Okay. Yes. After the baby is born, the mother converts to Judaism. The baby would need their own conversion. If the baby is in utero, then the conversion of the mom works for the baby. Once the baby is born, the conversion of the mom does not work for the baby. So if, like I said, even if the baby is born, even if the mom converts after the baby is conceived, but before the baby is born, baby is Jewish as well. Okay. But if the mom, if the baby is already born, and then the mom converts, baby needs another conversion. And by the way, when a baby converts, they need two conversions because the only way they can have a conversion is if they accept upon themselves the mitzvahs. And they're not old enough. So they have like a, you know, a, a, a contingent, conditional conversion, and then they would have to re-up it, reaffirm it, when they become bar mitzvah. Okay, one more question. Now that we're in the 21st century, and we have ways of proving who the father is, mm-hmm. if you can prove that the baby's father is the baby's father, and he's Jewish, would that baby be that, Jewish? Well, th- those, those, um, those methods of, of proof are not sufficient. Um, I you will know, the, tell you, very interestingly, this man's name is Bennett Green. 